The holidays are a moment of togetherness and joy and a reminder of how tradition creates happy and fulfilled communities. Make this holiday season patriotic with a visit to National Harbor and its stunning new Spirit Park. Marvel at one of the largest American flags in the region and beautiful displays of American art. Make this holiday season the most meaningful of all at National Harbor. Learn more at nationalharbor.com dash spirit park. Hey, Jeff Dornick here. Wanted to let you know about our first book that we published called Social Injustice. We brought together 12 different authors, each tackling a different aspect of social justice and comparing everything with scripture. Whether you want to know more about white privilege, income inequality, LGBTQ issues, illegal immigration, or even just the history of the movement, this book is for you. With authors such as Dr. Andy Woods, Brandon Howes, Thomas Littleton, Dr. Mike Spaulding, Pastor Ken Peters, and all of the GK guys, this is definitely a must-have for your reading list. We are also honored to have the great conservative voice Michael Massey write the forward to this book. Head on over to gatekeepersonline.com slash store to order your copy of the book and use code Jeff at checkout for 10% off. That's gatekeepersonline.com slash store and use the code Jeff at checkout. Now, back to the show. Yeah, it's called Conversations with Jeff, not Screaming Matches. Yeah, I, 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 you and I do not agree on Calvinism. But look how nice we are to each other. I think it's going to really shock a lot of people, thrill a lot of people. A lot of people are going to have to do some soul searching. It's like, you know what? What are you doing? You're spending all your time trying to destroy another Christian because you don't understand what's going on mm-hmm. when you should be out there winning people for Jesus. Right. Thank you for the job you're doing. Thanks for being willing to address these kind of issues. They're vital to the church. I feel sorry for what's coming your way, but God bless you, man. It's it's a good, healthy conversation, and, and let's keep growing together in the Lord. People won't change unless they hear the truth, though. And so we need to know the truth, uh, speak the truth. And then the last one I would say is that we need to stay in the truth, uh, no matter what the consequences are. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to today's episode of Conversations with Jeff. Um, we, we are actually trying something new today. So what we're actually doing is, and this is going to be how we're going to be rolling out new shows uh, from pretty much from now on, is these uh, live episodes of Conversations with Jeff are going to be exclusively for members of our Plugged In membership and then uh, the video will stay for members of Plugged In Membership. We'll post some clips and things like that onto YouTube and Facebook and that sort of thing. Uh, but the full video episodes of Conversations will be exclusively for members of Plugged In. For those of you guys that are listening to uh, the recording afterwards on iTunes or Spotify or anything like that, uh, go to gatekeepersonline.com slash plugged in. Uh, check out uh, that membership program that we have for you guys. 
that is going to be uh, either $10 a month or you can pay 100 bucks for the year. If you do the annual membership, you'll get a free copy of our book, Social Injustice. Um, and so basically what we're going to be doing is the perks and benefits that you're going to get in the plugged in membership. You're going to get uh, the full video content of our Destroy Social Justice Conference. You're going to get a weekly devotional that we're going to send to you in your email inbox every single week. Uh, you're going to be getting 30% off of all resources in our online store, that sort of thing. So we're going to ha- get, get a lot of perks, a lot of information, uh, that sort of thing for members. So definitely check that out if you're listening to this on the audio. Uh, really excited about uh, today's guest. We're bringing back uh, Carl Crew for the uh, for the third time. He was actually our very first guest on Conversations with Jeff. We just had him on about a week ago uh, talking secret societies with Larry Gators. Uh, but Carl, glad uh, glad to have you back and glad we could do this. So glad to be back. So glad to be back. Yeah, definitely. You know, and, and it's 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 one of those it's one of those things too where it's fun to it's always fun to you know talk and kind of you know shoot the breeze a little bit, but then also you know it's it, the fun thing about doing this podcast is you never really know uh, where the conversation's going to go. So <laughs> <laughs> you ain't lying. Yeah, exactly. And so, so, you know, uh, one of the fun things I think about our, la- our last conversation, which was number one, it set the all time record on conversations for the longest episode. Uh, we yeah. went almost three hours, but it was, it was really fascinating talking to both you and Larry about like secret societies, its role in both, you know, our country and our nation and just everything that's going on. Uh, it's definitely a fascinating topic. This holiday season, pay tribute to the people who fought for our freedom to celebrate. Featuring the largest American flag in the region, Spirit Park is now open at National Harbor, honoring active duty military and veterans. Take some time this holiday to remember, offer gratitude, and be inspired by the sacrifices of our service men and women who make our way of life possible. Plan your visit at nationalharbor.com slash spiritpark. That's nationalharbor.com slash spiritpark. Bank of Clark County is making it easy to give to local charities. We're featuring a different one at each of our Bank of Clark County locations. To find out how you can support their good work, visit our website at www.bankofclark.bank or follow us on our social media channels and the hashtag GiveWithBOCC. Happy Holidays from all of us at Bank of Clark County. Member FDIC. Yep. Oh, yeah. Well, I've always been fascinated with secret things. I mean, uh, I remember uh, I went to a private high school uh, on uh, Knob Hill. It was Bridgemont High School. My father was involved in getting it started and everything. And I had this friend of mine named Natasha, six foot tall Russian chick. And uh, we were in journalism class. And there's this other guy named Martin who was there, really kind of weird guy. You could tell he was kind of an outsider, but he was a big liar and like he convinced us that he literally was working with intelligence. And so we, uh, uh, he would come in and show us like articles in the newspaper that happened the day before. Well, see, I was there. I caused this. This is a a mission I was on. He was really hush hush. He was really very, very believable. And we were very doubtful at first, but then somehow he, he manipulated it so we started believing it, showing articles that he was involved in and all this stuff. So, um, but it always, you know, it it just set a tone, you know, it set a tone for looking for what's not readily available, you know, what's what's behind the scenes, what's behind the scenes, and you know, from a kid, I mean, I grew up in a haunted house, you know, in a happy one, you know, like 
Adam family, you know, like fun stuff, nothing weird. And uh, I love ghost stories, you know, as a kid, just as a kid, you know, Casper the ghost and all that stuff. I remember uh, in fourth grade, my father, he uh, uh, announced that we're, we're going to go to Hawaii during school. It was for two weeks in Hawaii, like during a school year. I'm like, yay! And we went over to Hawaii and he bought me a book for the plane. And he thought he was just buying me a ghost story book, but it was a, it was a book on paranormal investigations. He didn't know. And I was like, oh, you know, ooh. and I was like, I was like, you know, come on. I was fifth grade, you know, fourth, fifth grade. So uh, I was that was it for me. I mean, I, I've been reading about stuff like that all my life. And now, of course, now in my hoary old age, I understand things a lot better. What is what? But uh, but yeah, I've always uh, I've always kind of looked around for, you know, what's. What is not apparent? So there's something definitely, uh, definitely cool. I, I, I just want to say, uh, growing up in that era in San Francisco was, I'm so blessed to have grown up in that era in San Francisco when everything seemed to be still possible. When, I mean, it just, it was an amazing time. It was just an amazing time. So anyway. Hey, this is Jeff Dornick, co-founder of the American Conservative Movement. We are an organization seeking to unify conservatives across this great country to defend our constitutional rights that are being systematically stripped away by our authoritarian government. Please visit AmericanConservativeMovement.com and join the thousands of conservatives across this country who have signed up for our email list. Let's take back our country. Yeah, well, you know, and I, and I think, you know, what's interesting, too, is that uh, you know, since since you are a believer, you are a Christian. One of the things that I think a lot of times comes up with, you know, is that a lot of people will say, "Oh, Christians shouldn't be into these kinds of things. You shouldn't, you know, study it, shouldn't research it, shouldn't be fascinated by it, whatever it is, because that that's all pure evil. Don't get involved. You got to focus on the happy things, the the nice things, the you know that sort of thing. Like how how do you how do you respond to some of those kinds of critiques like that? Well, I grew up in the church. I mean, I became a Christian when I was four years old and many times since. I mean, you know, I mean, just to make sure and stuff. But I mean, I, I literally uh, uh, I pray behind a, 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 a doorway in uh, my breakfast room with my mom when I was four. And I totally understood what was going on. But I was raised in the church and I understood uh, that. And I don't know, I was kind of always a. Uh, I mean, like, I remember I used to love Bewitched, the TV show Bewitched. That was my favorite show. You know, it was like, wee. And then one time my mom said, you know what? You're not watching this anymore. And I was so mad. I, I remember I was sick and I was staying home from school one day. And she wouldn't let me watch it. I was so mad. And and now I understand why. Now I'm finding out all this different uh, darkness behind that show, as funny as it was. Great actors and everything, but there was really, really ugly undercurrent of that stuff uh, that was trying to get people used to the idea of witchcraft not being evil you know and that that really was a very effective tool in fact there is a video on youtube about a guy named john who changed his name when he came over uh, from europe uh, he was a member of the real collins family and he changed his name. His family changed his name because they didn't want to be associated with the Collins who were deeply involved in witchcraft. And he was the one that was flown into Hollywood to uh, uh, oversee Bewitched. And it was and also uh, Dark Shadows, which I used to love as a kid. Would never be allowed to watch that, you know, but but I snuck it. 
and uh, Dark Shadows, that was supposedly all based on real stories from their family history. It was a history of a family that was deeply involved in witchcraft. And this guy's a Christian, this guy, John. Uh, and he was coming out with all this stuff and just it was mind-blowing to find that out. Um, so, you know, I mean, no, I, San Francisco is the front lines from all that stuff. I was in the front lines of everything. Uh, and I guess I have been all my life. So, you know, it's uh, I understand people living in rural Idaho who are ensconced in their Christian bubble and they rarely get to see or hear anything except for on the Internet. I mean, I was seeing it every day, you know, just I mean, I had a I had an antique store in the Haight-Ashbury. I mean, our church had a, a cool thing. We did Sunday night services where we would send buses up to Haight-Ashbury and bring hippies back for a service and feed them afterwards. And it was amazing. It was like a New Testament church, man. It was like on fire. And it was really interesting to see that as a kid, you know. And, uh, um, yeah, so, uh, you know, it's just, it's, uh, there's a reason that I've been through all this stuff. You know, uh, God showed me very clearly that I was exposed to all this stuff for a specific, specific reason. And that reason is that I'm able to help other people who are trapped by it. Um, in whatever humble way I can. I mean, it's not me. It's God using me, God through me, not me. But because of that experience, I'm familiar with these things so I can address the issues involved, you know. And, uh, yeah, it's – it's. I mean, I grew up in a theater group since I was a kid. You know, I did like 17 years of repertory theater. And I know what it is to capture an audience on stage. I def- I, I, I talk about it as it's, it's an audible click in your head when you have the audience – and then you just, wee, you know, it's like, it's so much fun. It's like, I can't tell you, we used to go out all night afterwards. Not all night, but we'd just go to a restaurant and laugh and talk for five hours after every performance because it was so, you're just so full of energy after that. And I describe um, uh, uh, when you're talking to somebody and, and you realize the conversation going in a specific direction and you suddenly go, okay, here we go. Holy Spirit, you know, and then it's just as exciting to be given direction as far as what people need to hear. It's just as exciting as that, as what I used to feel on stage, you know. So, uh, yeah. So, I don't know. It's just, you know, people say judge not lest you be judged. But, you know, you got to you got to give an account too. if you see something bad. You just don't say, oh, I'm not going to judge you. I'm just going to shut up. No, you're supposed to let people know, have an answer for every man. So you just can't let somebody just go off and still be in their bubble without trying to, you know. And and really, it's all about the leading of the Holy Spirit, too. It's like, you know, you're wasting your time unless you're led by the Holy Spirit to talk to somebody about anything. You know, you're wasting your time. I could talk about Jesus all night long. It's the Easter Bunny and Santa Claus, you know, until there's a revelation, until something in their heart changes and they go, oh, you know. And I've seen that spark. and It's the most exciting thing in the world, yeah. 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 Well, you know, and, and you know, and what, what's been really interesting, you know, talking to you over the years, too, has been, you know, like a lot of your interactions and a lot of your run ins with people from both cults and the occult. And, you know, you know, whether it's, you know, Scientology or Freemasonry or just like flat out occultism and that sort of thing. And, you know, I think that that's something that a, a lot of Christians aren't necessarily prepared to have an answer for. Uh, you know, it, it's just like a deer stuck in the headlights. Um, you know, what do you, do you feel like it's something that the church needs to understand more, focus on more? Like how should Christians be able to handle a lot of those things? 
The holidays are a moment of togetherness and joy and a reminder of how tradition creates happy and fulfilled communities. Make this holiday season patriotic with a visit to National Harbor and its stunning new Spirit Park. Marvel at one of the largest American flags in the region and beautiful displays of American art. Make this holiday season the most meaningful of all at National Harbor. Learn more at nationalharbor.com-spiritpark. Bank of Clark County is making it easy to give to local charities. We're featuring a different one at each of our Bank of Clark County locations. To find out how you can support their good work, visit our website at www.bankofclark.bank or follow us on our social media channels and the hashtag GiveWithBOCC. Happy Holidays from all of us at Bank of Clark County. Member FDIC. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforumc.org. Well, I mean, I think my first thing would say, when if you're, if you're up against something like that, scripturally, when Christians were brought before any, anybody, you know, the heads of uh, the kings or the, whatever was in charge, the Holy Spirit would give them the words that they would need to say. So if you're in a position where you feel like you're out, you know, you, you need some help. You just pray silently. Okay, you know, here I am, Lord. You know, help me. Give me the words, you know. And he will give you the words. Um, uh, I mean, that's he's the ultimate teacher, the Holy Spirit. He tells you things. You know, I was just talking about this with my friend. Uh, really, uh, we grew up with not really understanding, I think, about the person of the Holy Spirit. I mean, he's a person. He's part of the Trinity. We don't pray to him, we pray through him. But he's an actual, you know, he's an actual person. I mean, he has a personality. You know, that's mind-blowing to think about. You know, it's very, uh, it's amazing, it's amazing. And I was just talking to my friend, he was saying, you know, when they say the Holy Ghost, you know, you just go, oh, ghosty, ghosty, ghosty. But, you know, really, that's actually probably a better interpretation of, of his form. You know, um, but, uh, He's the teacher. He's the one that gives you a verification. He's the one that that uh, leads you to the information that you need. He's the one that uh, gives you uh, 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 authority and uh, um, gives you the uh, 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 validity uh, or uh, the assurance of what you're doing. You know, I mean, I think the most important thing is as a as a Christian, you need to be able to sense the prompting. That's everything. Sense, you know, when he tells you something, baby child, you better drop it. Just do it, and then he'll open up stuff. It's amazing. It's amazing, but yeah. So, so I mean, I, I mean, I, I mean, I did freak shows for twenty five years at my place. Midgets, fire, swords, wallowing, the whole deal. I mean, we did. Uh, we even did burlesque shows, really tame ones. You know, very vaudeville. Um, we did messed up puppet shows, all kinds of crazy, crazy entertainment. That's what they called me, the Barnum of Burbank Boulevard. So I, I dealt with a lot of really uh, extremely eclectic people who a lot of them were, you know, in a very 
bad path, but there's always be those. I give tours too. I have a, a museum and, uh, I give tours and, uh, usually by the end of my tour, I, uh, I'm showing them all these different relics and I actually have a dead clown from a hundred years ago and, you know, all this stuff. And but I get to this last thing. I have the Spear of Destiny, a copy of the Spear of Destiny, the Sword of Longinus. And I tell about the prophecies of Jesus. And uh, it just blows people's minds, you know, because they're not expecting any of that and stuff. But actually, after every tour, usually there's somebody that comes up and goes, you know, I'm seeing shadow people. And I'm like, okay, what are you doing? in your life. Are you doing any kind of occulty things? Do you read, you know, astrology? Are you doing tarot cards? Are you doing this and that? Sometimes they say yes. Sometimes no, nothing. Oh, really? Well, um, is anyone in your family involved? Oh, well, my grandma's a witch. Oh, well, hello. Okay. So, I mean, I, it's identifying where this is coming from and, uh, I mean, whatever. I mean, uh, I just uh, love to be used, you know, I love to be used to help people point them in the right direction. And it's once again, it's not me, it's God through me. So yeah, but it's very interesting. <laughs> it's never boring. <laughs> yeah. Hey, this is Jeff Dornick, co-founder of the American Conservative Movement. Mark your calendars for Saturday, May 30th, as we'll be doing our third edition of the Saving America Conference, which will be streaming live on our Facebook page. Past speakers have included Pastor Greg Locke, Joshua Fierstein, Mindy Robinson, Annie Cyrus, Trevor Loudon, and so many more amazing conservative speakers. We've been averaging about 25,000 viewers per conference, and I hope that you'll join us for this next one. For more information, go to AmericanConservativeMovement.com, and we'll see you for the Saving America Conference on Saturday, May 30th on the ACM Facebook page. No, that, that's true. You know, and, and I feel like that's that's one of those things, too, that – as Christians, we need to be constantly ready and able and be, and be willing to, you know, start talking to somebody at the drop of a hat or pray for somebody at the drop of a hat or, you know, and I, and I feel like a lot of times it's easy to be a Christian in church when you're surrounded by a bunch of believers and stuff, but it's not always as easy when you're out in the world, uh, for a lot of people. Um, you know, and I think a lot of that comes back to, you know, oftentimes we care too much what other people think about us as opposed to just going out and just being like, yeah, I'm a Christian. This is what I believe. This is, this is, yeah. this is the truth. And I feel like that's what we need more. Well, yeah, the cool thing about this, having done this club for 25 years, I get to talk to a lot of people, a lot of people. And it, to me, it's, it's almost, uh, it's almost an art in a way of, you know, talking with somebody and getting into conversation with people. And and then there's always a point where something comes up and click. I remember this guy was uh, performing in a band and I, I worked the door, you know, I'm like checking people in and stuff. And this guy was performing in this band. He was talking, I was talking to him and he's wearing a pentagram. I'm like, you know, what are you doing now? What, what's that about? He goes, Oh no, it's cool. I go, well, you know, it's a portal. I mean, you know, it's used in witchcraft. It is. I go, yeah. You know, I mean, it's, did you understand anything about what you're wearing? You know, I just thought it was cool. I got him to take it off and throw it in the trash. Yeah. You know, but I mean, that's a, a tiny thing, but, but I, I find I enjoy myself like looking at what we're talking about. And as, and I see it going to open doors, opening as you get more you know friendly and nice and, and understanding each other. And then a door will open. It's like, okay, here we go. You know, some, somebody will say, he'll say, you know, whatever it is, they'll come out and, and it's actually, uh, I enjoyed the process of, of the conversation leading up to 
sometimes it's just it's you know you, you don't go there but other times it's just wham you know uh yeah so it's it's i'm i'm very happy that i had that a bit, that chance to do that for 30 almost 30 years of yeah. talking like that to people and, yeah yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, what's, what's interesting, you, you know, you're talking about the symbolism and things like that. You know, uh, there there's a photo going around of uh, Melinda Gates from the other, from just the other day, and she's wearing a where she's wearing an upside down cross on her necklace, and it's like, you know, and a lot of people are trying to make you know make Imagine it seem that. like oh, it's just it's just you know for you know not it doesn't actually mean anything whatever it is, but it's it's like at the same time yeah. you start looking at a lot of these like famous people and celebrities and elites and they, and things like that, and it seems like they always have the symbolism that goes with the dark side as opposed to the symbolism that that's you know anything pro christianity or pro god or anything like that like like do you feel do you feel like that's just a coincidence or do you feel like that's like no there's something deeper going on over there well course there is i mean did she wearing that upside down cross right below her madam's apple <laughs> probably so yeah the uh, the uh, uh i mean it's incredibly ingrained into society it's become the norm i mean every rock and roll store is full of symbolism from the cult i mean uh, they, it's all over clothes it's all over everything and it's very pervasive and uh, uh never before have i seen the explosion of it i mean i've seen it in san francisco but this is like for the masses now, and uh, uh, it's it's everywhere. It's absolutely everywhere. Of course, you know. Of course, it's, of course, it's planned. I mean, the enemy knows his time is very short, so everything is exploding. It's exploding. So, you know, it's. Um, I get a lot of t- I've talked to a lot of people, a lot of friends of mine, a lot of people that I know that to call me up, and I do a lot of prayer work. You know, just you know, people freak out and they call me up and we pray over things. You know. I get a lot of people saying, I'm so scared. It's like, you know what, dude? We don't have the spirit of fear. That's what the people that are bound don't understand because they're always so fearful. I mean, uh, we're not slaves to fear. So that is an incredible opening into talking with people that are bound by the occult because they're in, they're in fear. They may, they may be haughty in their knowledge of of the demonic. I mean, I've talked to those people too, but yet they're scared, you know, and we're not. And so no matter what happens, you know, oh, I don't want to take the vaccine. I don't want to do this. And then the, it's the Antichrist, blah, blah, blah. Relax. Okay. Relax. Do not be fearful. God says never be fearful. You know, that's, we're not, we don't have the spirit of fear. So that is a, something really to remember, um, uh, you know, in everyday life, because it's it's bombarding now with the internet and everything. You know, going twenty four seven. Every time I pick up my phone, every time I look at something, ah, you know, something else crazy happens. I mean, really, in the past five years, it's been every single day some major thing happens. Come on, right? That's true. You know, it's endless, and uh, for the people who aren't prepared, that that can be really, really destructive, psychologically, mentally, spiritually, in every way. Mm-hmm. So who is our rock? Who is the rock that we stand on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, well, and see, like that—that—that's the important question, you know, that people need to be asking themselves, especially as they're going through all this, because, like, literally, we're seeing, especially out here in California, and you, you know very well, like, literally, they're taking away all our rights. They're taking away our ability to work, our ability to, you know, have an income, and you know, go even go to church, and it, but it still needs to come back to. Who, who do we have our faith in? Who do we trust? 
And, you know, even the, you know, well, cl- clearly the government's failing us, but the thing that we need to remember is God's never going to. Right. I think, uh, in a way, you know, God brings good out of bad. And with the good that's being brought out of this pandemic and this being shut down and all this nonsense, it's, it's making people just stop and assess where they are. And, uh, I mean, I think it's done incredible, uh, amounts of, uh, uh, of the, the gospel exploding across the earth. I mean, exploding. I mean, there's online churches that are going from like a hundred thousand to 2 million, you know, like, uh, I mean, and, uh, you know, it's like, it's just typical. Whenever the church has been persecuted in the past, it explodes. You press on that button and it goes, bam, and it explodes. It goes further. It goes out because that's how God works. You know, <laughs> very cool. But, uh, yeah, I've been watching a lot of really interesting stuff about, uh, there was one thing about this pastor was talking about, uh, you know, when, and when people in the last days, when they come before Jesus and they said, Oh, Lord, Lord, you know, we did all these things. You know, and he said, and he says, No, depart from me. I never knew you because in you, because you never did the will of the Father. When people preach on that, they don't talk about what, well, what is the will of the Father? You're supposed to live your life all good and you're supposed to do all these good things and that's the will of the Father. No, it's not it. The will of the Father is that you ask Jesus into your heart. That's the will of the Father. So once you've done that, you've done the will of the Father. So you're going to heaven. So, you know, I think it's so important, little things like that. I mean, I, that's, you know, it scared me in a way all my life because it's like, oh, you could lose your salvation. No. Once you're a Christian, that's it. You're going to heaven. Okay, once you have done that, you have obeyed the will of the Father. But see, I think it's so important that you bring out these details, you know. It's like people that are get freaked out about, you know, uh, you know, certain sins they do and stuff and they're they just can't escape certain sins or whatever. If you're if you're born again, you are already in a state of forgiveness, eternal forgiveness. So that's not a license to sin, but when you confess your sins, when you're all bummed out, you confess hoping that you're going to get forgiven by God. That's not right. You're already forgiven. You know, you're doing this because you are already forgiven to just completely clear everything out. It's not. And that's a really, really valid point uh, because, you know, it, you're already in that state. God sings and dances over you. No matter where you are, what you're doing, if you're saved, it doesn't matter. God loves you, and he knows, he sees Jesus covering you. That's it. He sings and dances over you. Can you imagine the the God of the universe singing and dancing over you? Wow, that's mind-blowing when you really think about it. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm getting all this great, great stuff like that. And, uh, and it's a weird deal, man. It's like, you know, wearing masks and all this stuff. Uh, I just posted something on a page of mine. And, uh, you know, why are we wearing masks if uh, all the businesses are closed? Don't they work? Or, you know, if they don't work, then why are we forced to wear them? You know, it's like, uh, and people just freaked out. And I had to take it down because people got all freaked out and just scared, just saying all this crap. They immediately try to insult everybody. I just, you know, my time is short. I don't want to waste my time bickering, Mm -hmm. you know. um, But it's fascinating. And it's really weird, isn't it? so weird, you know. It's like everything has changed. But you can take heart in the fact that 
God never changes. Right. He never changes ever. <laughs> so that's who you want to rest on. That's who you want to have the rock on, you know, you know to just like, that's our rock. So, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, and, and I think especially like today with how, just how crazy everything has gotten, like, uh, like even dealing with like face masks, like it, it's an extremely polarizing issue. You've got some people that are like, oh, you absolutely have to. Other people are like, no, you, you should never wear it. You know, like I've talked, I've talked to some people that are, you know, like in the medical field or scientists or things like that. And they're like, you know, the mask, it's, it's better than not wearing them, but it's not, it's not like it's foolproof or, you know, anything along those lines because things are still getting through. Um, and it, but it's just, it's crazy how polarizing everything has, has gotten to where it's like you can't even talk you can't even talk about it this holiday season pay tribute to the people who fought for our freedom to celebrate featuring the largest american flag in the region spirit park is now open at national harbor honoring active duty military and veterans take some time this holiday to remember offer gratitude and be inspired by the sacrifices of our service men and women who make our way of life possible plan your visit at nationalharbor.com slash spirit park that's nationalharbor.com slash spirit park. Bank of Clark County is making it easy to give to local charities. We're featuring a different one at each of our Bank of Clark County locations. To find out how you can support their good work, visit our website at www.bankofclark.bank or follow us on our social media channels and the hashtag GiveWithBOCC. Happy holidays from all of us at Bank of Clark County. Member FDIC. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Everything is polarizing these days. I mean, Fauci was even saying he didn't need a mask at one point. You know, and like really, uh, uh, now he's quarantined, you know. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, uh, it's some people say it's like a, a kind of control thing. It's a control thing. Uh, others, I mean, I don't care. I have a Batman mask. I wear it. And like, and when, it's hard for me to, cause I have glasses. So I, it fogs up my eyes, you know, so I'm, I'm out of the store with my bat mask, man. And my eyes are, you know, I keep lifting my glasses up so I can see cause you know, it doesn't, anyway, it's yeah. annoying. And, uh, but it's just a weird new reality. And, uh, I don't know where we're going to go or whatever, but it's, uh, it's very uh, uh it just gets you off your out of your comfort zone totally i mean you don't have a comfort zone anymore except for at home yeah so yeah i mean it's learning new things and it just uh it's a weird deal it's weird hey this is jeff dornick founder of the gk podcast network thank you for listening to this podcast i hope that you'll subscribe to this channel and give us a five-star review you have no idea how much this helps us also, if you'd like to watch the full version of the show, you can join our plugged-in membership. For only $10 a month, you'll get access to the live stream and full video versions of our shows, the recordings from the Destroy Social Justice Conference, online access to our book Social Injustice, our weekly devotional, 30% off in the GK store, and so much more. Please visit gatekeepersonline.com slash plugged in for more information and to sign up. Thank you for your support.
Yeah, no, it it, it is weird, and uh, you know, I, one of the one of the things that you know, like you and I were talking about uh, before we came on was was talking a little bit about uh, about Bigfoot and uh, going down that ra- down down that route, and I think especially like it'll be it'll be the first conversation on Bigfoot on the uh, on the on this podcast, uh, but. You know, I, th- I think, you know, you know, you and I have been, you know, talking about, you know, going down, you know, a movie route, talking about the origin story and like all that kind of stuff. But let, let's back up a little bit and let's let's give you a chance to talk about the family tie to Bigfoot. Well, um, yeah, my uh, my great uncle was Jerry Crew and uh, Jerry Crew took the first cast of Bigfoot in 1958 on Mount Shasta. He was a logger and he logged the forest of Mount Shasta with my father and my other uncle Jim. And between Jerry Crew's account and the, the Gimlin Patterson film, these are the only two things that, that uh, are considered real, you know, and, and for me, hearing Bigfoot stuff all my life, I knew I had to write a screenplay. I mean, I'm making movies for like 25 years. I knew I had to write the screenplay from all the stories I've heard. And I just started doing it. And my Uncle Jim, uh, he gave me like 50 years worth of articles of, that he'd been saving all his life. And I went through that and I found all this incredible information online. I interviewed, you know, people it took a year. I finally put the whole script together. And, uh, 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 it's been amazing. It's been amazing. And um, I just did a, a podcast for Bigfoot uh, on Steve Cull's uh, Sasquatch Detective. And they all knew who Jerry Crew is. And, uh, uh, yeah, it was really, really interesting. Uh, I, I, no one's ever made a really good, big Bigfoot movie. And my whole concept with this film was taking the legend and paring all the nonsense down to what really happened. You know, because there's a lot of charlatans involved. You know, there's charlatans everywhere you look anyway. But there's a lot of hillbilly charlatans in this, you know. And uh, uh, it was fun cutting through all the stuff. I got to interview uh, Peter Burns, who's 90-something, 89. He's living in the Dallas. And they call him the Indiana Jones and Don Quixote. He was a hunter. Uh, He grew up in the tea fields of Ceylon. And he was hired by... Uh, he hunted the Yeti in the Himalayas, and he hunted elephants. He's got $100 books about his uh, huntings of different elephants. It's crazy, man. The guy's like, I was so uh, honored to speak with him three times. And uh, But he uh, was hired by a guy named Tom Slick, a millionaire from uh, Texas. They used to hang with Howard Hughes and all these people. He was like this really uh, – kind of cool guy and he was hired to come over and and hunt for bigfoot and he tom slick had gone up to willow creek and hired a bunch of people up there to hunt bigfoot you know and then he hired peter to go in and, and break some butt kick some butt so he went in there and he got a hold of these people that they were on stipend from tom and they were all pissed off because they wouldn't want to talk to him. You know, they're, oh. one of them, uh, a very famous guy, John Green, he wouldn't even talk to him. He made his wife talk to him. And he said, well, you're, you're you know, I have to let you go. You know, you know, got to let you go. So he fired him. And then he fired these other two people, Renee, some guy, Renee, who was really upset that uh, they were just like taking money and not and pretending to hunt Bigfoot. 
there was uh, two guys who were in prison for fraud. Okay, so he let them go. And then also another guy who moved to San Francisco. There's not many Bigfoots in San Francisco. so. But he he's the one that uh, I interviewed about Jerry Crew. And Jerry Crew is one of the only people that he said had integrity and was real, real, really real. Everyone I talked to talked about Jerry Crew's integrity. I met him as a kid. You know, he used, used to do magic tricks for me. But anyway, it's been um, – it's been an amazing journey for a year. Yeah. And the, the cool part about it is I just finished the script and one of his youngest sons, Wade, super cool guy. He just found a tape of him giving a, uh, a, a speaking on Bigfoot before he died. And so he's making a copy of, and I'm going to put that in the film. You know, we find this tape three quarters of the way through and, and hear it. So it's, it's it's not going to be a documentary though. It's going to be about Jerry Crew's life and everything that happened. And uh, but I'm really excited about that. So yeah, well, yeah. You know, it was it was it was I you know I still remember like when uh, when we uh, you know you and I sat down in the club and you know I I threw the idea out there of like hey like like let's let's figure out how to you know make a movie on this and like the origin story and it's been really cool to kind of see being able to put it all together and all the all the research and documentation and all that kind of stuff. Um, what what do you feel? Or not, not what do you feel? Why don't we back up a little bit as well? And why don't you actually tell the actual origin story of Jerry Crew and, you know, him actually getting that initial, you know, footprint? Well, first of all, let me say that you gave me my title. Mm -hmm. I was going to call Bigfoot this and Bigfoot that. No, you came up with the perfect title, which was The Print, because that's what it's really all about. Right. And um, Jerry uh, was... He lived in a little town. Uh, he drove 180 miles uh, every day to go to Willow Creek. He lived in a little town, and he would go in there because, and he did it because he had to come back on the weekends to teach Sunday school. So he was not a drinker. He was he was a very very talented stout man. Man, he could fix anything. He was like a crew. They're very inventive. They have. They come up with all these crazy inventions. It's so cool. But he would drive every day, and uh, he was coming back to the site. What they were doing was they were tearing down trees or making a, a road through the forest in uh, on Mount Shasta. And uh, there was – he would have a tractor, like a tractor trailer. And uh, he would be the ones that would take the fallen trees out of the way after they cut them down. So he was going back to his uh, – one morning he was going in and, um, you know, he saw Shorty, the guy at the front of the camp, and they, you know, waved in. They, he drove in and got out of his car, walked up the road to where he left his tra tractor, and he looked down on the ground and there was all these prints all the way around his – like, what? And he looked at him and he looked around and he got mad because someone's trying to prank me. Someone's trying to fake me out. And he looked at him really – a lot and he realized oh my gosh these are huge and they look like a naked print it's not a shoe print it's a footprint you know with the toes and everything and uh, you know it just blew his mind he told other people about it he showed him they're like yeah. but uh, people started quitting you know the other workers there they got scared and they started quitting uh, they were really scared in fact the uh, one of the guys who was running it Ray Wallace was really pissed off because 
he thought somebody was being pranked because there's too many people were quitting because they were too scared. And there was other people that were starting to talk about seeing Bigfoot up there and hearing it. Anyway, uh, he, uh, at one point Jerry went into, uh, he was in town and he went by this taxidermy shop and there was this guy named Bob Titmus and he went in and talked to him about it. And Bob Titmus showed him how to make a plaster cast of, of the print. So he took his thing and he went out and uh, there was one point we saw more fresh prints and he, he poured the cast. He made a couple casts of it. And uh, he took them to, he went into the Humboldt, Humboldt, the city, the town of Humboldt. And he was giving this woman and his, her son a ride into Humboldt because he was on his way to see the paper. And they were driving in and, and, and Jerry says to the kid, he goes, oh, take the, take the towel off those things back there in the back seat. He did it, and there were the two prints. It's like, yeah, going in to show the guy at the newspaper these prints, and they're like, wow. Oh. So they get there, and um, the guy from the newspaper uh, wanted Jerry to take a picture of it smiling. Yeah, take a gig. Now smile. He goes, no, nope, I'm not smiling. No, come on, smile. He goes, no, I'm not smiling. I'm not Mr. – this is not a joke. You know, so he wouldn't do that, so uh, – and that picture went worldwide. This is 1958. There was no internet. That picture, they had like 2,600 inquiries after they printed it. The guy didn't print it for two weeks. He held it. Finally, he just said, you know, we're just going to go ahead. They printed it on the front page. And 2,600 inquiries came in right away. I mean, all, and it was crazy. And, you know, Jerry is a humble guy. I mean, he was like, what? What did I, what happened? You know, he didn't like that there's so much commotion was going on. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of parts of his life where uh, he, there's three accidents. It continued, too. He would always, he would smell them. He could smell them. He felt like they were watching him. There were parts that he went out with Peter Burns, who came to town. And they, they went hunting for Bigfoot. And also Jim Crew, my uncle, he went many times with Peter Burns hunting Bigfoot. They found uh, they found the bedding uh, by a tree where these giant swaths of moss were 10 feet tall, were taken down and laid out like beds. And they found like, uh, like little skulls of animals all around them and some actual fecal matter. And what they did was they took the fecal matter and, and samples of it and sent it to Berkeley, UC Berkeley. And it identified it as, well, they couldn't identify exactly what animal, but it was either from a human or an ape because it had parasites that were only found in human and apes. And it was definitely a carnivore. Um, so, uh, and the irony is Jerry never saw Bigfoot, only heard them, smelled them uh, out of the corner of his eye stuff, you know. There were other people that saw them, but Jerry never did. And uh, my father only heard them. See, that's hearing the scream will freeze your blood. If you can go on YouTube and type in Bigfoot screams and hear some of the screams. Uh, Jim told me a, a story about when he was up heading back to uh, the trailer he was in. He was rode around on the Harley on these roads, you know, that they had just bulldozed. And it was getting dark. And he's riding up one of these roads on his Harley, and it and he broke a socket. It, it went over something, and it 
broke a socket so then he was just there you know on this road and, and it was getting dark he goes i better get back to the cabin to this trailer so he started you know heading back up the road to to the trailer he had to leave his bike there and he started sensing movement and he was like weird and he looked down and right to the side there was a creek that followed the road and he thought he saw some movement down there that was shadowing him and he started going faster and the movement was faster and he 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 got scared and he picked up a rock and he threw it and it hit something and at that point it emitted a howl that he'll never forget and it froze his blood and it got down on his haunches and pretty much and emitted this howl. And he saw the vague uh, of that. And he just, he ran and uh, uh, made it back to the uh, the trailer. And I uh, heard it a couple more times. But uh, uh, later on, he told me that there was uh, another time where he was talking to somebody who played him recordings that they had of Bigfoot. And it was the same howl. And he was like, yep. And he, at the back, all the hairs on the back of his neck stood on end when he heard it. So, uh, yeah, there's, I mean, it's, and the thing is, I think it's, it's not supernatural. It's only supernatural in the sense that it's not what we know to be natural. Uh, it's, uh, when people say, oh, I saw a Bigfoot, you know, and then it was over there 50 feet away all of a sudden in a second, you know, it must be like, going through some, you know, interdimensional blah, 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 or whatever. No. They travel in packs. They think they travel in packs. So you might see one pop up, and you'll see another one pop up down there, and it looks like the same limb, but it's not. You know, so people go, oh, well, it must be supernatural. I mean, even one of his sons um, was saying, you know, they were talking about Nephilim and all this other stuff. And, uh, you know, Jerry was uh, pretty practical. You know, he's like, well, he said something about, you know, Nephilim don't leave big piles of poo. Yeah. And and also there's one thing where I just discovered that he, and he said in an interview, Jerry, he said that he thought they were like from old, from Indians, which very much fit into the preposition we have about them being human and yeah. being yeah. – uh, uh, because there was huge things that happened even in – there's many, many tales about wild men in the woods that go way back to the 1700s. Many, many days, man, there's, they caught a couple. and uh, uh, But there was a point where there was an earthquake so big that the Mississippi River flowed backwards. And at the same time, there's a huge earthquake in Oregon area where a whole ridge was elevated. Uh, I forget exactly what it's called, but my friend, when he was from there, he told me all about it. And they didn't have any internet back then. They had any no telephones. There's no way to communicate. I mean, my, I believe that some of these Indians were just went mad and ran in the woods, you know, just through, you know, undercover. And actually, through many years of living like that, and through maybe interbreeding and uh, and being attuned to the forest, you know, that the, their product was it was like microevolution. They were adapting. 
and uh, through heavy inbreeding, they became these Bigfoot. You know, who knows? Yeah. I don't think they're supernatural. So right. Well, you know, like that—that's the thing. Is like you have you have to separate because you know, like as Christians, we don't believe in in you know, like the evolutionary theory of of Darwin, right? But there is a difference between microevolution and macroevolution. Evolution. And the macro- thing is, is that it it could make logical sense that if there were a group of people that were out in the woods and let's say the Pacific Northwest for, you know, centuries even, you know, it would make sense that the largest, strongest, and probably hairiest of them all would survive the harsh winters and that constantly inbreeding within that small group of people could produce something maybe that would be equivalent of like a Bigfoot uh, in the sense of it could just be a small group of of humans that have been interbreeding and going through microevolution, and it, you know, to a certain degree, it is survival of the fittest, but it's all within the same species. You know that that would make logical sense to me. Micro microevolution, as opposed to macroevolution, where there is literally no fossil evidence. Right. Oh right. well, there's the Nebraska man. There's this and that. It's all based on a bunch of nonsense, and even some of the the evolutionary scientists refuse to. They say, yeah, it's you know, it's it's there's no fossil evidence, but you know what? We refuse to let a, a divine foot through the door because that would destroy everything else they believe in. Mm-hmm. So literally, they're they don't care that there's no evidence. They're just going to continue to believe in it because they don't want to acknowledge any kind of you know uh, uh, in, uh, designer, you know, uh, or God. You know, so fascinating stuff. I mean, I mean, the whole concept of them being Neanderthals in museums. These were like paid artists that were made to make these these Neanderthals and this whole lineage of ape people that that never existed. You know, it's like amazing that we, that the whole we were taught that all our lives in school, and this whole myth about evolution was perpetuated. And and it's like anything else. You I mean there 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 are people that have bought into that. They're just they don't care about any facts they only care about that and that's it so anything they they can't think for themselves they they have a a preformed uh brain that does not allow any new information into it so that's how they are yeah so fascinating stuff though yeah well you know and and also too it it would make logical sense to me that if you know if to me if i feel like if it were an animal more than likely we, we would have you know caught one by now right especially something that size but human like around the world we're still finding new tribes of people that haven't been discovered yet it's a great point and so if 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 they're human it would make logical sense that they would be communicating with each other they probably are trying to avoid all of the newfangled you know loud machines and people and like all that kind of stuff and especially when you when you get up there into the pacific northwest like there's like mile upon mile after upon mile upon mile of like un, not not necessarily undiscovered but like if you're driving along the along the road through Oregon, Washington, Northern California, that sort of thing. I mean, you could go hours upon hours before you even hit any kind of civilization. You know, to me it would make sense that okay, if 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 there is something that's where it's going to be. This holiday season, pay tribute to the people who fought for our freedom to celebrate. Featuring the largest American flag in the region, Spirit Park is now open at National Harbor, honoring active duty military and veterans. Take some time this holiday to remember, offer gratitude, and be inspired by the sacrifices of our service men and women who make our way of life possible. Plan your visit at nationalharbor.com slash spiritpark. That's nationalharbor.com slash spiritpark. 
Bank of Clark County is making it easy to give to local charities. We're featuring a different one at each of our Bank of Clark County locations. To find out how you can support their good work, visit our website at www.bankofclark.bank or follow us on our social media channels and the hashtag GiveWithBOCC. Happy Holidays from all of us at Bank of Clark County. Member FDIC. Hundreds and hundreds of miles. Hundreds of miles. There's whole forests that, have, I mean, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable the amount of, uh, it could easily be hidden. And, uh, um, you know, there was that guy, uh, did you ever have Tom, that Tom guy on your on your cast? Uh, no, I'm actually having uh, Todd standing. Uh, he, he'll be on a week from today. So, uh, yeah, next Monday. Yeah, because he was talking about that. But they there were some people on the skull on Steve Cole's show that were not – they were saying that they don't believe him at all. But, uh, I mean, I saw some of his pictures and stuff. And, uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so, you know, I don't – far be it for me to, to – uh, uh, but I just think that it's really important to separate the fakers from the from the real. You know, that's what really the whole thing of writing this whole thing was about. Like I say, paring down the legend because people love legends. They love building stuff up, you know, and uh, uh, it's getting down to the brass tacks of what really happened. It's very important because if it's real, you know, you don't want to mess around with all this nonsense. I mean, of course, the Indians are very spiritual people, you know, the Wendigo and all these dark spirit stuff and they have they of course they they blend all that in uh uh so uh, but you know it's about uncovering the reality of it so yeah i'm, I'm excited i mean excited i i, I got a couple people who are going to read it and uh i just waiting for this final uh tape to come in so i can incorporate that and it'll be finished so yeah 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 well you know and, and i think too it's, it comes back to you know my whole my whole thing of you know as even as christians we need to be questioning everything you know like you know i think i think too often we close our minds to certain kinds of possibilities of things just because they're like oh that sounds crazy or that's you know you know whatever it is but it's like Start questioning everything because you don't know there there could be something out there you have no idea but there's there's no harm in pursuing the questions it's just don't hardcore you know believe in something if there's no evidence for it but there's nothing wrong with asking questions and trying to find out is this true is there enough evidence is is there something out there um, you know and I think that you know to a certain degree Christians could be a little bit more uh, open minded with with certain things you, you'd imagine. <laughs> Uh, sometimes it's not the case, but, uh, yeah. um, yeah, I mean, uh, there's nothing intrinsically wrong with wanting to know, you know, cause I believe that even in the end times, even when this whole thing is done, there are going to be millions of things that were never discovered because of the breadth and the width and the, uh, uh, uh the length of the infinite mind that created this there. They find new species every year in the ocean. They find that there's no way 100 years ago all the scientists announced that they had discovered everything that could possibly be discovered. Can you imagine? You know, and then two weeks later, quantum physics was discovered. Okay, so, uh, uh, so I mean, the, that's one thing that it, we're talking about the God of beyond. You know, we cannot understand the infinite with our finite mind. So I really believe that when I look around, I mean, even, even a blade of grass – 
is mind-blowingly intricate and no one's ever been able to produce one you know it's something as simple as that you know so uh it's humbling and it's it's, it's incredible yeah yeah but uh, yeah there's a, there's a lot of mystery out there and there's nothing wrong with the looking at it and of course you have the light of the scripture of a lot of this stuff you know the light of the scripture i mean i've studied the occult most of my life but in the light of the scripture that's where you turn the light on and you see all the cockroaches run. You see things for what they really are. Um, it's very important. Yeah. Well, sure. you know, and, and I think one of the other things that it seems like things keep, keep popping up around this issue too of, you know, it like, um, you know, I know that I believe that it was it the Air Force, the Navy just came out with, with video uh, of like a UFO um, that they captured, you know, on one of their, um, you know, planes you know, that they caught on video and things like that. Um, and, and I know like you and I have kind of talked about a little bit about as well of how this, you know, supposed belief in UFOs could be playing into eschatology and future events and things like that. Can you kind of talk about like your take on some of that kind of stuff? Well, um, I used to go to this place called Granada Forum because I'm a book collector and I like crazy conspiracy books. I loved all that. I feasted on that for years. And the Granada Forum was a place where you'd go hear some of these book people who write these crazy books speak. But there would be tables and tables and tables of books, you know. And, uh, you know, I, there was a book written by, I forget his name, he was a French guy. And he was saying that he was comparing ufology with the paranormal. And it's exactly the same. So his his position was, it's all paranormal. It's not from another planet. It's interdimensional. And it's, uh, he didn't go as far as to say it was demonic, but it was, you know, that's the implication. And, uh, I mean, I've read a lot of different things and of, you know, the whole ancient aliens thing and all that. This is technology that's from Nephilim. It's from, it's basically from, uh, interdimensional beings with their demons. They're not from another planet. They're from another dimension. I mean, they even talk about in the days before, you know, the flood, there were that spaceships, they had all this stuff from technology that was derived from fallen, fallen angels, you know, because they know all this stuff. That was my cat. He just jumped on my computer. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, I mean, even the Nazis, they were deeply involved in the occult and they had the Thule Society and they had they had a the occult Anerby, which is the occult version of that. And, uh, I mean, Himmler was going all over the world to Tibet, to everywhere, to try to discover anything that they could use to uh, win the war. And they had a technology that was demonically given to them. There was a book called The Reich of the Black Sun, which is all about technology they derived from demonic sources. And they produced these rockets and these airplanes and all this stuff. And later on, all these scientists were uh, recruited in Operation Paperclip to our NASA. So a lot of our technology came from that. But they're saying that back in before the flood, there were a lot of tech. It wasn't all caveman stuff. It was a highly sophisticated technology, but it was from demonic sources. So, uh, uh, but you know, and I mean, I'm hearing ourselves for years that the, I mean, even the Catholic Church has one of the biggest. What's it called? It's like the Hubble telescope. They had one of the biggest, it's even bigger than Hubble. And it's in Arizona. 
and supposedly they have knowledge of all this extraterrestrial uh, extraterrestrial stuff going on and uh, there's supposedly some extraterrestrial that's going to eventually come and pretend to be the messiah or be the messiah and uh, and there's a lot of uh, other things that are going on with the uh, Tesla technology and the harp which is uh, uh, the ability to do mass holographic projections of the second coming and all this crazy stuff. And uh, I mean, yeah, so there's a lot of lore about that. And, and really, ultimately, when people who channel a- aliens and write books, you can always tell where it's coming from because it's all completely anti-biblical. And, you know, oh, well, we created you. You know, we allowed you to exist. We're, we're, we're you know, and... uh so I've known about all this stuff for a long time. I saw an, a UFO one time. Mm-hmm. Now, to me, it's like it's 80% technology from the government that they don't want you to know about and about 20% demonic or interdimensional, demonic, you know, whatever. And I was standing over my nightclub. This is back in the underground days. And I was at the front area where people come in. We had a 20-foot rubber brick wall on hinges and a fake Brady Bunch fireplace. And if you knew how to pass through the shadow, it looked like you walked through a wall. So it was the secret entrance to the club, right? So anyway, I'm standing out there and I'm greeting people as they come in. And and I look up and there right in front of me, like 90 feet, is a giant UFO. I'm like, okay, great. And I'm looking, I'm like, no one's going to believe me. (laughs) And all of a sudden it went, shoo, it was gone that fast and I'm like I, I didn't feel like it was from another planet I felt like it was I was looking at hidden technology but who knows but yeah. uh, well you know like I was I was in uh, Arizona with those with those bit with the big uh, Phoenix uh, UFO sighting uh, with, with the lights in the sky and I, I remember I remember seeing it that night and then uh, the next day it was all over the news and you know that sort of thing again it's one of those things more than likely it was just it was just like military like you know aircraft that we don't know about or you know something along those lines but it's it's still it's still fascinating where there there is you know i saw somebody talking about it too where what's interesting is that the majority of the ufo sightings happen within a certain radius of particular like top secret uh military places like area 51 and you know things like that and then you can kind of go out like almost a circumference around and you can see like where the majority of the sightings are coming from uh, so, so wouldn't be surprised if a lot of it is just like military technology and that sort of thing. But then again, a lot of the accounts about UFOs and actual interactions, it seems like it would be more demonic. It seems like it would be more of a spiritual thing, not, you know, beings from another planet. Let's talk about Area 51. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Jack Parsons. Jack Parsons was a rocket scientist that was in the order of the Golden Dawn, the Oto, which was Alistair Crowley. He was a satanic priest, but he was a rocket scientist. And one of his, one of his, uh, he had a big house in Pasadena, a big mansion where they had all these crazy parties. One of his uh, tenants was L. Ron Hubbard. And they had a friendship for a while. And they literally 
went out to Area 51 and did something called, it's a magical ceremony called uh, Babylon Working. And it was a six-day sexual magical ceremony to open a portal. And they did it over Area 51. And uh, people don't know this. And uh, so they're saying that this was a, a, a portal they opened that is, is purely demonic. And that's why a lot of the UFOs that are coming out of there, I mean, there are other people that say when you see a UFO, it could be a fallen angel because they can appear in any way they possibly can. And they need anything to undermine scripture. Uh so there's some people that are very dead set on that and will give you a lot of information about that. But uh, it's fascinating to me because uh, uh, that's like a really plausible explanation as far as what happened out in Area 51. And they, see, the government is like they see power. They see something. They want to. They don't care what it is. They're just, OK, we're going to try to weaponize those. You know, of course. I mean, just like Hitler did. You know, so uh, fascinating history, though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and, you know, like what's, what's really fascinating to me is that I, I could, I could totally see how people would think, okay, a lot of these things are, uh, you know, aliens or, you know, beings from another planet or things like that. But then when you start understanding the spiritual aspect of things and you start understanding, you know, biblical theology and you start understanding about, you know, demonic activity and things like that. I, I could totally see them using this weird belief in the unknown of what's in outer space and using it to, you know, their, uh, to their advantage to be able to, you know, come down and, you know, do these, you know, things, you know, whether it's, you know, they always talk about them, you know, like, uh, like, you know, abducting somebody or whatever it is. To me, to me, it seems like that would be, you know, probably like a possession or, you know, demonic activity of some kind or something, something along those lines. And then, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It, to me, to me, I, I would put more blame on government technology and demonic activity more than there actually being something out there. Well, that's exactly what an abduction is. And you have to understand a lot of people that see stuff have, a, they have had their, some people call it the pineal gland open, their third eye opened. Because they're dealing with with uh, the occult, they've opened a portal, so they can see, and so they these are the people that experience more supernatural things than normal, because they have that opening. So, uh, uh, and those are the people that are usually abducted, and, uh, and then of course they give this whole recounting of it and uh, all this probing and all this crazy stuff, and at some point. From a military standpoint, it could be used as a cover to do certain experiments. But on the other, it's completely uh, demonic. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm very, very skeptical or not skeptical, but I'm very I, I get a warning bells when I hear anything. People talking about their abduction experience and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So that's a fascinating subject, but it's yeah. so sad because it, it goes on. It goes on. Well, yeah, in, in kind of like what you're talking about as, as well, like Nazi Germany was dealing a lot with like occultic, you know, activity and, and things like that. And, you know, and, you know, there's a lot of people that have shown pictures of, you know, supposed crafts and ships and ships and things like that that definitely seem to resemble, you know, what, what we see as, uh, like a UFO or things like that. And, and I think, you know, here in America too, it's like we've got, 
you know, our own government has, has been trying to do lots of, you know, testing and working on technologies and things like that about, um, you know, everything from like mentally being able to read people's minds, you know, you know, transport your mind to somewhere else, like doing a lot of crazy, crazy stuff, whether they accomplish it or not is one thing, but it sure seems like it would be fitting within dealing with the occult. Uh, there's even there's even talk that the the Netflix show Stranger Things is actually based on a true story, um, not necessarily all the, all the crazy monster stuff, but just in the sense of like the the root you know base story of it is actually based on a true story, and it's to me it really comes back to a lot of the demonic occultic activity that a lot of the you know whatever we want to call it the deep state or we want to call it um, you know like. Uh, deep government intelligence agencies or whatever it is, it just seems like they're, they're messing with the wrong stuff. I think. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's a really, really super dark subject and, uh, but it's a real subject and it happens all the time. Um, I think that, uh, it's important to keep it in context though. Uh, there's been several, revelations in my study of all this stuff that God showed me very clearly that, I mean, I've studied all this stuff, including mind control, including secret societies, including all this stuff. And it can become overwhelming when you realize how deep it goes. And at one point, especially with Tesla technology, with HARP, H-A-A-R-P, where they have the ability to, wave a wand over your head and, and discover the exact frequency your brain transmits thoughts on. And once they have your exact frequency, they can put anything into your head from visions, from sounds, from anything. And, uh, uh, I mean, that's a reality. So uh, a lot of people who have these, they're being experimented on some of them, you know, and who knows what's going on, but, uh, I think it's important to understand uh, that there are levels of technology out there that appear like magic, you know, and we're going to be seeing a lot of that. I mean, uh, uh, supposedly there's about a, about a lot of revelations about to be made public about, you know, medical stuff like uh, they've had the, the, uh, the cure for cancer all these years. They've had the cure for AIDS all these years. Um, and if that happens, man, God help the insurance companies because they're, you know, they're going to get sued out of existence. But, but there's a lot of uh, technological stuff, even free energy. I mean, I hear rumblings about that. I've always heard rumblings, but really lately, um, I mean, Tesla invented free energy and it was just squashed by all the major companies because they wanted to suck the blood of people having to pay for energy, which they've done for 200 years or 100 years. And, uh, uh, you know, if that comes out, that's just going to be staggering, staggering that you don't have to just. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I remember when Ma Bell hit the dust. Ma Bell to me was horrible. I mean, I, having your phone cut off, like even before, you know, smartphones, it was like hard. You know, you build up a $900 phone bill. What? I, I mean, uh and they had to just change their name to AT&T. And, I mean, the, the hundred years of them sucking the blood of people so much. 
uh, I mean, it caused me a lot of problems. And uh, uh, I remember AT&T bundled me into a nightmare one time with my internet and my phone and everything, and they just shut me all off one point. And I was like, ah. and I went out and I got a, a Metro phone for 40 bucks a month total. And I got a, a $15 antenna from, from Radio Shack that got me 500 channels for free. And I just had to reevaluate it. Of course, most of them were Spanish, but, but still, the point is, is that, uh, you know, did, I, I'm waiting to see this happen with the power company because they are, I mean, I remember paying my bill in San Francisco at the main branch and you go in the main branch, downtown LA, and there's a giant pentagram done in marble on the main floor of where you pay your, I mean, there's, and in the, uh, decorations, there's, uh, the Baphomet. I mean, like full on, Yeah. you know, of yeah. course it's the most squeezing of the blood they could possibly do to people. I mean, mostly, you know, so I look forward to the day that anything like that happens, but, uh, but there's a lot of technology that's not known and, uh, well, like I, you know, I was, I was even listening to uh, Joe Rogan's podcast uh, with Elon Musk. He just had him on the other day, and um, and they were talking about some new technology that Elon's working on, um, where literally they would. Um, so this first phase would they they would drill a hole in your skull, and then drop this uh, essentially a machine into this small little inch round circle, whatever it is. And he says that they could actually, you know, cure a lot of like diseases uh, through it by sending electrical pulses into your brain and, and things like that. And so he says that they could cure, you know, people from being quadriplegic. They could cure, uh, you know, the results of um, of strokes. They could even deal with like Alzheimer's and whatever it is. But but then he started going into, well, here's the long term plan, right? And long term, they're even talking about your ability to transport transport all of the data. That's in your brain and send it to your smart devices, your phones, your whatever it is without any kind of like, uh, you typing or talking or, you know, whatever it is. And then even down the road, the ability to change your memories. And that to me was a red, that, that to me was a red flag of like, okay, so if you can train, change your own memories, wouldn't that mean that maybe somebody else could change them for you? Seems crazy dangerous to me. You're talking about transhumanism. Mm hmm transhumanism and Elon Musk is a Luciferian just like Bill Gates just like all these people and this is the goal of Satanism basically is to become God so oh well, we'll cure all this when you're taking the mark I always thought you know why people are all scared about taking the mark and it's going to be some horrible thing you have to take this mark and you're going to get your head chopped off and I mean, eventually we'll get to that point, but it's going to be something beautiful. It's going to be something, look, we're going to give you the ability to live 200 years. We're going to give the ability to download information from your brain because you have you, you're, you're, you got you Bluetoothed into a major computer. So you're going to have godlike knowledge, and we're going to be able to heal you of all this stuff, and you're going to be able to live to 150, 200 years. I mean, that is going to be part of the lure of taking the mark. And so that makes sense. Because people are just, oh, you going to take the mark because they can't buy or sell. No, it's going to be because you can become God, which is the original lie from, from, from 
Genesis. Yeah. You're, you, you know, you do this and you're going to become, you'll be like him. And that's, that's basically what we're talking about. So it's funny, man. It's like, uh, you know, it's like anything else. They use bait. Well, we're going to be able to cure you. We're going to make you live 100, 200 years. You know, it's like everything else. But ultimately, you are going to be aligning yourself with the devil, with the Antichrist. Mm-hmm. So, you know, say what you will. I mean, it's all coming down to that. I mean, I was talking to this one guy, and he was saying that throughout history, the enemy has always had and Antichrist ready to step in. I mean, there was Maitra, who was from the early 1800s, Maitra, House Bailey, uh, Levasky, all these people, they knew Maitra, and uh, he was uh, the Indian guy, they brought him into New York, and, uh, and uh, but funny, he had all these powers, but when he came to New York, he didn't have any power, and they were really bummed out. And he was saying, well, it's the technology that's interfering with his ability to, you know, do anything. And uh, no, it just wasn't ready, you know. So, but there's always someone that the enemy is going to have ready to go. And, uh, yeah, so, but, you know, it depends on if you're pre-trib, mid-trib, whatever. I mean, a lot of people say, well, we're going to be taken away. I don't believe that. I believe in mid-trib. I mean, I pray for pre-trib. My mom was like, I'm pan trip. What's that? Uh, however, it pans out. Uh, that's great. But, I mean, I would love free. But anyway. Uh... This holiday season, pay tribute to the people who fought for our freedom to celebrate. Featuring the largest American flag in the region, Spirit Park is now open at National Harbor, honoring active duty military and veterans. Take some time this holiday to remember, offer gratitude, and be inspired by the sacrifices of our service men and women who make our way of life possible. Plan your visit at nationalharbor.com slash spiritpark. That's nationalharbor.com slash spiritpark. I mean, well, yeah, so- like, like when it when it comes to that, I'm always of the I'm always of the belief that like I know it's not post. Uh, mm-hmm. I go back and forth between pre and mid. I I lean towards mid, uh, like you're saying, hope, hoping for pre. Um, but but I feel like um, pre trib to me, even though it's so close to what I believe, it, to me I almost feel like it's the most dangerous eschatological uh, theological position to have, primarily because that's if. If it is actually mid-trib, that's going to set up the church to be completely deceived by the Antichrist, which the Bible does talk about, that right. he'll be able to deceive even the elect. And right. so I think that it, it is dangerous to put all of your eggs in one basket in the sense of dealing with um, a, a pre-trib uh, theological position, primarily because you're setting yourself up to be deceived by the Antichrist if you're wrong. And I feel like that's something that the church needs to be aware of, even if they do believe in the pre-trib theology. Well, I think the, uh, some people think that the great falling away will be when the Antichrist makes his appearance and people, oh, well, this is not true because we're still here. And that could be part of the great falling away. But, but I mean, I know the church is not the church. That's the bride is not appointed unto the wrath. And I think the wrath is really going to happen the second part of the seven years, three and a half years. After the uh, uh, announcement in the newly built temple, 
And when he takes over and say, I am God, at that point, it's going to be, I think that's the point that's going to happen. But, you know, who knows? I mean, um, I don't know. I, I just, I, it's funny. I was doing my laundry the other day and, you know, my mom just passed this year and my father, 2017. And, and I was just doing my laundry and I was thinking about, <laughs> thinking about them. And I just burst out laughing for like 15 minutes in joy because I know where they are. And like, uh, it wasn't something that I was mourning about. I was like laughing hysterically because they're in, they're in your presence. And it was, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. And, uh, uh, so, you know, I mean, but we're, we're seeing everything come together. Everything is slowly being pieced together. I mean, exactly fulfillment to the most tiniest degree in the scripture. Not one detail has ever been, there's not one word that's ever failed. Not one word. And people constantly try to disprove and all that stuff, but it's just, it's never failed. I mean, uh, so yeah, it's, it's fascinating and, and very sobering. Uh, I mean, like, I mean, I haven't had, I, I mean, I had occasional wine, beer, whatever. I haven't had a drink or anything. I've done nothing for 20 years because I want to participate in every moment of my life. I don't want to get numbed to anything. And I was a big pot smoker as a kid. You know, now it's just like, I wouldn't trade this clarity for anything. Especially now with all this crazy stuff going on. I want to be very aware. You know, before it was like, <gasps> oh no. And now it's like, uh huh. Yeah, what can I do for you? You know what I'm saying? I confront things right when they come in and it's a lot easier for me to deal with crazy stuff. You know, and we're dealing with it every day. Yeah. Well, and I, th- and I think too, like what we're, what we're seeing happening today, uh, I feel like <laughs> it, it makes, it, it makes I think it's making more people start to become or let's say go down the conspiracy route because all of this stuff are are things that everybody said would never happen in our lifetimes. Like everybody said, like we would never become we would never have martial law. That's just a bunch of conspiracy wacko stuff. Well, I mean, we're pretty much under martial law, like a variation of it. And I never thought we would completely shut down the economy on a whim. Um, and I think that that that's where I think we as Christians and we as uh, conservatives we need to we need to come back and we need to realize, okay, we we got to make sure we actually understand what's going on out there and not just keep buying into the garbage that's that's being fed to us by you know mainstream media and things like that. We have to understand that the concept of conspiracy theory was developed by the agency in the fifties. It was done so they could totally, uh, as damage control, they could immediately say, oh, that's conspiracy theory. So that's not true. That's that's how long ago this came from, okay? Now, the irony is today, anyone who's saying anything is a conspiracy theory, they are the ones that are wearing the uh, tinfoil hats because they're all being proven true, you know, technologically, in every way. You know, people say, oh, well, that couldn't happen. No, you're the one that's wearing a tinfoil hat because you're pretending that it doesn't exist. And most of it is real. I mean, of course, there are some aberrations. There's always, you know, uh, damage control people who go out and all this crazy stuff. But let me tell you, most of it's real because, uh, yeah, and it's uh, it kills me. People are just I talk to these people in San Francisco, man, like they are so set 
in this preformed bubble of information, they cannot let go of it. And they're just convinced that all these right winger conspiracy nuts are kooky. And, you know, it's like, it blows my mind. It's like, I don't, you know, I'm a Republican just because it's the only thing that I feel is okay right now. I mean, uh, I don't like Republicans or Democrats either. But what Republican is becoming, it's not, it's really about communism, socialism, globalism versus nationalism. That's what it's really about. I don't care about anything else. You know, uh, so, you know, <clears throat> it's a weird deal. But uh, it, it blows my mind. Uh, people are just ensconced in that safety zone where, oh, I don't have to believe in that because it's a conspiracy theory. Okay. Bing! And they don't have to worry about it. You know, so that's not good. That's dangerous. That can be very dangerous. So Yeah. Yeah. I, and I think, I think the moral of the story with all of this is just – Always like I keep saying, question everything, but also, but also keep keep pushing until you actually figure out what what the truth is. You know, there's there's no harm in following a train of thought, even if you feel like it's it's crazy or it's conspiracy or whatever it is. But follow it and then figure out do the facts line up or not. And because I, I think that, that that's the thing is like you know, looking at history, like we we used to think uh, we as in you know human society used to think the Earth was flat. We as pe as people used to think that we had you know figured out everything. We didn't re even realize that there was something called North America <laughs> at one point. But it, it took people pushing the status quo and questioning everything. Sometimes their questions would lead to nothing. Other times it would lead to a new discovery. And I think that that's one of those things that we can't we can't stop asking questions, and we can't allow people to tell us to stop asking questions. We just got to keep pushing because that's where all the new discoveries happen. I think that, I mean, pandas and gorillas weren't even known about in the early 1900s. I mean, they were just recently discovered back then. So, I mean, that's staggering. Yeah. That, that, yeah. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, if you're so vexed about something and you are you have the Holy Spirit, you can ask for revelation. I mean, if you're if you have a if it becomes a problem in your head. You can ask for direction. It's like we have access to the ultimate God at any time of this night or day. And people go, uh, you know, I talk to them, they're like, I don't want to bother God about this and that. He's too busy. You know? No, no, no. You don't understand. He loves when you come to him and ask him something. He loves it. He loves it. It doesn't matter how small or big or it doesn't matter. Anytime. You need something. Anytime you're vexed with your feel of weight of something, you can get an answer that way. I mean, it's a, very important to get up off that thing and look and do some research, too. Because, you know, spirit, I mean, biblically, he blesses people who are actually getting up to do something. He healed people when they got up, you know, like the lepers and the people who were crippled. They weren't healed until they got up. The lepers weren't healed until they were on their way to the priest to show them they were healed. At that point, they're healed. So you have to get up and do something. You can't just go, oh, you know. So that's it's 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 a participation in the miracle. Um, that's important. So, uh, but yeah, if you're if you get vexed or if you get bothered about something, you just hey, here I am. You know, show me something. You know, and he'll he'll show you, lead you where you need to go. So yeah, well, I mean that that's the, that's the cool thing about being a Christian is like you know with the crazy thing is that you know like in the Old Testament you had to go to the priest, right? 
today it's like we're all priests we we all have direct access to god we can all pray and and then he and then he can lead us you know whether it's through scripture whether it's through leadings or you know whatever it might be i mean that's the crazy thing is like we can talk directly to him i mean that's that's nuts in and of itself (laughs) mind-blowing people just that right there is everything i mean can you imagine i mean like you know we have direct contact with the ultimate god of the universe who created everything amazing i mean that's incredible that just right there that is all you need that's everything you need that's everything yeah no matter what, he's bigger than everything, everything. So that is the, if anything, if anything could be taken away, you can walk away with anything from this conversation, is to understand that you have access to the ultimate authority who cares for you, who wants the best for you, and has a plan for you. And it's amazing. It's like amazing. So... Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah, and I feel, and I feel like that, that's that's kind of like the the perfect the perfect line to end on as well, just because the, you know it's it it is truly amazing that you know that not only do we worship a God that's like active in our lives, but the the very fact that He is active in our lives and we have access to Him as as believers, like that in and of itself is just mind blowing that that God has set up His system in that in that way. I think it's very important that you understand that. The movement of the Holy Spirit is mind-blowing. I mean, it's mind-blowing. You'll be talking about something, or you'll be praying about something, and then something, bam, will happen. And it's anticip- It's like uh, seeing it work is, is incredible. It's, 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 be- it's supernatural. It's beyond anything. Um, there's uh, Because he knows what's going to happen. He knows things. I don't know. It's just uh, it's, it's indescribably cool yeah. to, to have yeah. access. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, well, well, Carl, you know, thanks so much for coming on. I really enjoyed it. You know, we, we got into some topics we have we've never covered before in conversations, but <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad that we could do it. Oh, my pleasure, man. Anytime. Yeah, definitely. And and if people want to keep up on you know you or anything that you're uh, you know doing or you know anything like that, what's the best way for them to get in contact with you? Um. Well, there's a uh, CI of Normal Arts, which is the uh, the theater I run. Um, I have my Carl crew page and, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to be doing a podcast pretty soon, fairly soon. I'm going to be doing a podcast just about talking about subjects like this that people don't normally talk about. So that's going to be the really thing I want to key into. So yeah, yeah. as soon as it's available, we'll have it out there. Yeah, definitely. And, and that, that will actually be on our new, uh, podcast network that we're launching called freedom first. And so I'm really, I'm really glad that we're going to have, have you on there as well. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to a lot of the topics you're going to, you're going to, uh, be talking about. Cause it's, you know, all this stuff is just, it's fascinating. And especially when you're trying to get down to what's, what's actually true about all yeah. this stuff. So bringing going to bring in a lot of amazing guests. So yeah, ab- excited. absolutely. So uh, stay, stay tuned for that. And then, uh, but yeah, everybody as well, we're going to be, um, actually tune in tomorrow. Tomorrow I'm going to be going live with, uh, Dr. Mike Spaulding. 
um, I believe at 11 a.m. Pacific time uh, for our second episode of Ask Dr. Mike. And so, um, you know, we've submitted some questions that from uh, audience members and that sort of thing. He's going to answer them live during the podcast. We're going to be stre- we're going to be streaming that live on Facebook on uh, the GK's Facebook page. Uh, so make sure you guys tune into that. And um, and then just uh, if you guys want to submit questions for the next time around uh, with Ask Dr. Mike, go ahead and email those to email those to gatekeepers online at gmail.com and then uh, we may just ask your question live on the air for Dr. Mike Spaulding so check that out and thanks so much for tuning tuning in and we, we will see you guys next time All right. This holiday season, pay tribute to the people who fought for our freedom to celebrate. Featuring the largest American flag in the region, Spirit Park is now open at National Harbor, honoring active duty military and veterans. Take some time this holiday to remember, offer gratitude, and be inspired by the sacrifices of our service men and women who make our way of life possible. Plan your visit at nationalharbor.com slash spiritpark. That's nationalharbor.com slash spiritpark.